for the second time, Mr. Bean Podcast got Tyson, Switch of Sweet Southern. I'll at your boy. Still fighting at 40, man. How's that feel, dog? These kids are pussy. I'll fight till I'm fucking 140. <laughs> Since the last time we talked, you're one and two, right? You lost your match right after we talked, and you won the last two, correct? Yeah, uh, I'm five and one in my last six right now. Right. So the last fight that I lost was against Colton Hand, where I broke yep. my hand in the first. Was still beating him with one hand in the first round. Was still beating him the second round, picking him apart. He didn't know it was broke. I knew it was broke because I broke it for the, the fifth time. I knew as soon as I cracked him right beginning of the first one we got up, that I was like, oh, shit, it's broke. So I just – every lot of fighting is a lot of poker face. Right. You're getting smashed in the leg or in the face, and you're pretending that shit don't hurt. You know, you see everyone's face, and they look like they're not phased by it most of the time. So a lot of it's just poker face type, you know. Right. And so you break your hand, you don't want that guy to know, and you don't want to quit the fight. Like, there's a lot of pride when it comes to it. Yeah, is that a good excuse to possibly quit the fight? Yeah, my hand's broken. Right. If I keep punching with it, is it going to get more and more messed up? Yeah, probably. But uh, that's just a risk that you want to take. Some guys I've seen quit, but I don't want to quit. I want to win. I broke my hand in the first round of the fight before, fought second, third, and one. So I was trying to pull it out. And, as that fight kept progressing, I was confident because I was like, I'm still picking him apart with one hand. I was like, right. fuck this dude, I'm going to tear him apart. And uh, he wound up cap kicking me, spun me around, and uh, my mouthpiece was shitty, so I learned to get a new mouthpiece before every fight. My buddy was like, yeah, I'm going to buy you this $100 mouthpiece. What do you mean your mouthpiece was shitty? Like, I just was just worn, and I was so used to it. I just... And he, my teeth started pushing through my mouthpiece. They went all the way through my mouthpiece, through my lip. Oh, man. Because he didn't have under my chin. I was defending. And I went to try to push up to do the defense. My hand was so swollen. Like, as you can see, there's no knuckle there anymore. You know? yeah. So uh, they put a plate and eight screws in after. And it's been strong ever since. And I did a, did a proper call out. I didn't call him right back out. Be like, I was winning. I want a rematch. Like a pussy, I was like, I'm gonna go win some fights. I'm gonna come back and get your ass. You know? yeah. To me, that's proper. Like, because I get a lot of people that always want, they're like, I want a rematch. And I'm like, I just folded you, bro. Like, what are you <laughs> talking about? Man? Go win a fight and then come back and ask me for a fight. Because after you win, you're on an uphill proje- trajectory. So, right. why would I go back down a level when I'm on my way up? You know yeah. what I mean? So, they can ask for the rematches all they want, but they can build and earn it back because I'm going for belts I'm going to right. get on fucking TV I'm going to get money fights and they're go- they're losing so I don't think you have the right to just ask for somebody to I want an instant rematch I'm like you got folded just deal with it yeah well I didn't want to I, just, I was going to bring the next fight up first but since we're on that subject your very last fight when you just fought right yeah right after there was a little bit of controversy with the stoppage you know and you told to do pretty much you give me a rematch if you wanted to right yeah but man I, I watched it like a few times man. I, I mean I don't I, mean, I don't really think you need to, honestly. I yeah. mean, after looking at it, and it's just because, like, like a uh, like you stated earlier, and we'll we'll go watch it here in a sec. But you yeah. stated earlier, like a uh, you kind of got you kind of dropped yourself there in the first round. Yeah. Uh, but you were still fighting, you were still engaging. You yeah. know what I mean? And I think I think he wore himself out trying to. I thought I think he thought he was going to finish you. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think he wore himself out, and, and in a sec, I just I, I think he was about to really hurt him because there was a lot of difference too because. He was hitting with knees, punches. I well, mean, in the second, he hit me, I think, one time the whole round. And I picked him apart. And then once I threw that heavy head kick that he blocked, but it obviously 
dazed him a little bit. And then I went over there. There was 15 unanswered strikes. Yeah. And that if you're not, what's intelligently defending? Like, what's your definition? Uh, what's what's unanswered? That means you're not answering back. And they tell you in the back, don't just sit there and block or we're going to call the fight. They're like, you have to answer back. So if you're just sitting there like this, taking knees and punches for 15 times after the whole round, I just picked you apart. Right. Then I was there. Because like after I rewatched it as well, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, to me, it was legit. I mean, yeah. defend yourself at all times. And if you're not intelligently defending yourself, then you got what you got. And so it is what it is. Uh, but I said I'd run it back just because it was an easy fight. I just took no damage. Uh, and I, I picked him apart. And so – I, it would just be easy money for me. So right. I would run it back at 55 just because I think I could win again easily. It's an easy paycheck. So, yeah. so on the business side of, uh, of the MMA right now, how, how does all, all that work out? So you're somebody just coming into business, what's some do's and don'ts you would say like business-wise? Don't get into or this is what you need to do. Uh, I mean, this is like a disclaimer. My path is not, or my opinion is not the way for everybody or is the right way. But I would say first coming in as an amateur fighter, not knowing anything, I wouldn't worry about any part of the business aspect. I wouldn't worry about selling tickets. I wouldn't worry about uh, getting sponsors. I would worry about just getting that, getting that first fight over with getting, uh, see if your nerves can handle it because you don't want to start trying to build a brand before you even are a brand. Right. You know what I mean? Like you might go out there and just get K'd at, KO'd and you're out here promising sponsors and doing all this extra work and it's not even something you could even actually commit to. Uh, as a coach and as somebody that's been training for 12 years, I see guys come into the gym all the time. They've done about $1,000 worth of gear. They've mm-hmm. got all these dreams and hopes. I'm going to be a fighter. They come in the first day spar and they're like, yeah, this ain't for me. I'm not doing this. You know, I'm like, yeah, we well, should have bought all this shit and you know, all this. Cause talking about it and dreaming about it is different than executing. Right. So I see that, you know, kind of all the time. So I tell my guy, I have young fighters right now. He just had a second fight. I'm like, don't worry about selling these tickets. It's their job to promote. You're not getting paid yet. Right. So don't, don't kill yourself wasting time. Focus on your mental your, your mental game plan, right. training, and all that. Like once everything starts coming together and you're like, all right, this is what I want to actually do. I'm being successful at this. Now let's try to build the brand. Now let's try to make some money. And then once you go pro, you should have already had established, like I have a small fan base. I can sell, you know, 50 tickets. Right. That's a decent amount. You, know, you want to pay for your purse at least in ticket sales. Right. That's what the promoter wants. And the, a lot of people are like, I can't get fights. I can't get fights. I'm like, I have no problem getting fights because I sell more tickets than anybody. Right. You know, whether people want me, want me to get knocked out or want me to win, buy those fucking tickets, man. And if it takes me talking shit to get motivated for that fight to sell, because that's my part of the business now. Like right. I want ticket sales. I want to make money. And that's how I make a lot of money is off of my ticket sales. So if, if if I don't have good motivation for the for, for somebody, I'll try to stir the pot. I don't give a fuck. I want I want people to come watch the fight. I want it to be hyped up. I want people to talk about it. Like it's uh, once you get to that level where it, it's fights aren't a big deal because I fight pretty much every three months. So the adrenaline dump is pretty much gone now. Like I'm just looking to add pressure to keep it as exciting as it was in the beginning. Right. So talking shit that adds a lot of pressure because nobody wants to be the guy that talks shit and yeah, beat the yeah. fuck up but and, and that puts pressure on that guy as well and like 
So sometimes, like in this fight, I tried to test the waters to see if he was going to bite on my shit. I was like, let's see. I want to see where his head is. It's mental warfare just as much physical. Right. If I can get you mad and frustrated, you're going to make mistakes. Yeah. You know, because I'm playing it cool. I'm the puppet master. I'm the one playing the moves. You're playing my game. He didn't want to bite on my shit. I think because he's like a preacher or some shit. I didn't know it at the time. But, uh, yeah, he uh, he didn't bite on my shit. So I didn't play into it too much because I didn't want to be the weak one. I was like, all right, that mental game's not going to work. Then we're just going to go in here and handle business. Right. And some people, especially these young kids, you can say one little thing and they're on social media every day talking shit, doing this, doing that. I'm just like, you're doing exactly what I want. You're getting emotional. When you get emotional, you're no longer yeah. using logic. When you're not using logic, you make mistakes way more than if you're emotional trying to overcompensate because you're angry. Or uh, I just had an incident when I went sparring this last weekend where this kid, like I worked him the whole five minute rounds and he just wanted revenge at the end. So he tried to do a move that would hurt me. You know what I mean? And I was like, bro, just because you're getting work, like, I can tell when somebody get, goes from being a little frustrated to now they're angry that and now they want revenge and they're willing to hurt you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Was that before your fight? Yeah, it was like a week before. So we kind of got into it afterwards. Luckily nothing happened, but right. uh yeah. Yeah, that's a big move, man. <laughs> yeah. Especially when right before we're like, hey man, these guys got fights, boop to don't go do anything crazy. I had his back and I was I had the rope and he jumped and did a front flip and I tried to spike me on my neck and my thing to get out of it. Luckily I curled my head, he landed in the choke and then I kind of got up and uh, bounced his head off the mat a little bit and <laughs> was like, Hey motherfucker, like, you know, said a lot of few choice words and, but you know, we got resolved it in the end. I was like, look, man, I, I get it. You get work. Uh, you got frustrated. Shit happens. I know we gotta be careful because not, you know, it's, this is still a very intense sport. You know, it's yeah. not like basketball or some shit like that where, like, your ass is on the line. It's important to stay healthy to, to you know, if you get hurt, you're not going to be able to fight. That's As a professional, that's where my money comes from. You know, so, right. you know, missing a fight can devastate because you pour a lot of money into these camps. You know, yeah. equipment, traveling. I go to Texas every weekend to train. They amp mixed martial arts. Uh, shout out to them. But yeah, uh, I get privates from my coach, Tom Showoff. He's a fucking beast. Right. So, uh, you know, and, uh, he even hooks me up, gives me a lot of free training, but he, uh, you know, he deserves to be paid. He, he's worth more than that. So right. it's only right and uh, honorable to make sure that you're paying the people that are training. You know, good training should not be free. Right. So, you know, shout out to them. Much respect. Uh, they keep me sharp as a laser. So. What do you go in Texas to train at? Uh, Amped Mixed Martial Arts, and it's in Henrietta. And they okay. also have a location coming soon uh, to Wichita Falls. Okay. So they helped my brother Bubba come up in his MMA career. Right. And uh, they're very knowledgeable, very successful, old school coaches. And uh, they're just all around good people. A lot of people come from Texas to train at that gym. We had like six to eight gyms last Sunday, I think, yeah. to cross train with. I fought a lot of guys from Oklahoma, so – to me, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to train, cross-train too much here in Oklahoma because yeah, I fight these guys. So, and then some guys will be like, oh, we're buddies now because we train together. I don't want to fight him because we trained together one time. And like, you give me enough money, I'll fight almost anybody. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just go to Texas. It makes it just a little bit easier that way. Yeah, that'd be cool. How long of a drive is it? It takes me about, it, it's 
45 to Wichita Falls, and it's like yeah. 15 more minutes, so maybe about yeah. an hour. I know, so they can't be that, that far. And I take – I, I we've built a nice MMA program here. I usually have about eight to ten guys every night, and I take those guys down with me to Texas, so we all carpool. It's good to, to get them into that, like, hey, man, we travel. This is like team, you know. It's an individual sport, but it takes a team to get you there. Right? Yeah. You step in there alone, but without your training partners, without everybody there to, to, to help you get to that point, to help you train, you ain't going to be shit. You ain't going to be you no know, UFC champion or any kind of champion uh, training at your garage. <laughs> How do, uh, when it comes to the training aspect, like you was talking about earlier, like the week out, you know, you almost there's an opportunity for you to get hurt in practice. Do you, do you start dialing it down? Because like I know like uh, marathon runners, for example, right? Like before, about a week out before the the marathon, they're just trying to get their legs back, so they don't have to do them long distance runs yeah. like they was. Is that is there anything similar like that? Yeah, the the forward? last week, like Sunday, is usually my last hard day, uh, and then the rest of the week is just mostly recovery. Uh, I do light cardio just to keep a sweat going because I'm cutting weight that week. Once that once that week comes, the hard part is over. We're just getting through to the weight. That's, we're just maintaining weight or getting however much we have to cut. I don't like to cut a lot of weight. I have before, and it was horrible experience. So I prefer to diet down to closest fight weight as I can get. I only had to cut two pounds for this fight. Oh, man, that's nice. So uh, I sat in the sauna maybe 25 minutes. Yeah. And it was 154 pounds on the scale and a half, and was drinking water, Was didn't go in, sucked up, looked great. Uh, felt great going into the fight. Wasn't tired at all. Wasn't dehydrated. Uh, that's one of my main things is even as a coach, I train my guys. We're cardio, cardio, cardio. We fight for the whole fight. If a knockout comes, we'll take it. If a submission comes, we'll take it. But we train for the whole fight. Like you, If you get beat because of cardio, then you beat yourself because right. you didn't train hard enough. Because you yeah. know if, if you – if you don't know because you're a new fighter, your coach should know that this is what it takes. Right. Especially as a young fighter that doesn't know anything, they have to prepare for that adrenaline dump. Like if you've yeah. never been and you, your shit goes crazy, all you can see is the bright lights and yeah. your heart's going a million miles an hour and you're looking around, you don't know what the hell's going on. Then that first round's over and you go sit down on that stool and everything calms down for a second. You're like, holy shit, I got to get back out and go back and do this again. And now everything's calmed down. Now you're super exhausted and you're like, holy shit, I've got to go out there for another round. And if your coach doesn't have you in that proper shape or you're familiar with having to function under that mental stress of like, right. cause you're all your, you know, the, the body always will keep going. Your mind is what's telling you you're tired, you know? So you have to be able to have been there so many times that you can push that, you know, you, you know, you're a wrestler, like, a lot of that repetitive wrestling yeah. drills that y'all do, that hard, hard work. is So when y'all get into those battles, you know, you're so familiar with the pain, with the tiredness, that it's not, nothing. You're yeah, like, I know what I can do. I do this shit all the time. Right. Yeah, I mean, my, uh, I don't tell a lot of people this story because it's embarrassing, but uh, when I was in, uh, when I first joined the military, I, they stayed me in Bonholder, Germany, right? And uh, they had like, they call them boxing smokers, right? And so um, I'd never boxed before, but I told myself, like, if I had this opportunity, I was going to do it. And the guy that was actually training me to box, I actually had to fight him. I, he was my first match ever, right? And I was so nervous getting there. Like, just what you said, looking yeah. at the lights and stuff. I can remember looking over at the ref and making eye contact with the ref and getting hit. Like, <laughs> he told me after the match, they they stopped it after the first round, right? It was like, look, man, you, you're not even showing no kind of defense, you know? Uh, and I wasn't, you know? I was just, yeah. like, I was just hoping for the best, right? 
But uh, the ref, actually, he come up to me, not the ref, but the, the judge, which I knew, you know, he come up to me afterwards. He said, dude, you know, what the hell was you doing? I don't know. I don't, he, he said, I said, I don't really remember anything. Like, I was just there. It was just my brain was all over the place. Yeah. So I guess I was getting my ass whooped, sir. Adrenaline dump. You don't feel nothing. You don't know what's going on. It's just, it's like, to me, it's like that cartoon, like, whenever, like, Bugs Bunny's, like, running so fast, but he's not going anywhere. He's just staying right there. Your feet are moving so fast, and you're, but you're not going anywhere. I was just like, ah, it's, it's, it's such a rush. Dude, even the worst dreams ever. You ever have nightmares, dude? Occasionally. Yeah, so that's one of my nightmares that I have, like, a reoccurring, like, I've just, I mean, I've had it probably, like, the last 10 years. It's when China, you just can't do anything. You're running slow. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. So, like, there's a monster coming at you, you know, and you just, you can't get away from that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I've had dreams like that. But I've had dreams where, like, you know, like, you're trying to hit and, like, you're hitting soft as a pillow. Yeah, you like, can't do nothing. Yeah, I've had those kind of dreams, and I've had the opposite ones where you're, like, going in there being a crazy savage and like i was like i was talking to my brother but i was like are these normal like you have dreams like this, this is pretty violent and he was, yeah. it's like it just you know where you're at in your life what you got going on you know you never know it's what your mind is battling while you're asleep yeah i wish i could rec- well i say that but i wish they could record dreams i was reading an article about it the other day but that'd be amazing if they could record what was going on when you're sleeping you could go back and watch it in the morning yeah that would be trippy it might be some scary ass shit. <laughs> i know there's some i know i have some crazy stuff going on so i get night terrors real bad sometimes man yeah yeah i'll be, be waking up fighting and stuff dude Damn. yeah dude i had a i had hip surgery uh and uh, i had a night terror that night i mean i got up and it was it was game time oh, and then shit. i realized my hip and i was like oh Wow! <laughs> oh God! I just asked my my wife Heather to you know, help me, man. It was a bad deal. Damn, that's that shit wild. sucks. But uh, damn, we got off on a tangent there, dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, so back to training, man. Uh, so like you you talked about the, like a, pretty much the last phase, like going back into training though. Like you kind of know because you you stay pretty active now, though, right? Yeah. So like you don't really come into camp out of shape, right? So, no, I I've already been back training. You know, I fought Saturday. Uh, Sunday, I took the day off. Uh, Monday was Memorial Day, and I was pissed off about that. I was like, damn, I wanted to go train. Class is canceled. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, uh, I took the day off. I had spent some time with quality time with, with somebody. Yeah, so okay. then Wednesday, and my knee was a little jacked up. You can see from me and that dude so many Ooh. times that I got a big ass giant <laughs> bruise right there. Uh, but I was back Wednesday coaching with my guys back in there, grinding hard, getting, getting that work in because I'm, I'm back in – I'm fighting for a title now, August 5th, yeah. uh, Altus, Oklahoma. Uh, so that's nine weeks away. So I'm right back at it. Uh, I just ran the hills yesterday, you know, where Cameron Hill is. I've yeah. sprinted up that hill 30 times. takes me about 30 minutes frontwards, backwards, one-legged, each side leg because uh, that that's how I attribute my cardio, like, I used to run along a long distance. To me, that's more for mental toughness than for the cardio that we need for MMA. Yeah. So, uh, and I did a lot of research about for training for altitude fighting because uh, Colorado, I also get a lot of offers to fight in Colorado sometimes. So I'm definitely going to explore that. And, uh, but I might not have the money to go up there two weeks ahead of time to get oh, acclimated yeah. to the altitude, but they say running hills, sprints uh, really helps develop the kind of cardio for that. So, I make sure to do that two to three times a week. I make my guys come out. Some of them, not many, but will come out and do them with me. But 
yeah, just lots of nice, smooth hills, man. I, I believe firmly, and I've been doing those for like 10 years. Right. Taking guys to that hill. You get a Mount Scott up there? No, my coach Tom does it all the yeah. time. He, he, he kills it. I think he does it in less than an hour. Yeah. All the way up that up and down. So yeah, I think uh, George, I had George on here one time, George Tadamaper. Yeah. And uh, he was talking about it. And I think I think it's what he told me, like his fastest time was like right around an hour, I think. It was something crazy like that. Like three miles up, dude. That's wild. Yeah. So a nice steady incline, yeah. People don't realize that, that how brutal those inclines are. Yeah, man. Especially then that has to be a mind. That that has to be mental toughness too, just to make it up, you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm sure coming down feels like a dream, dog. Let's get this over with. Yeah, I was always good at that in the military. Like, uh, like if there was hills, I could. I was really good at running downhill. It makes any sense? Like, look, a lot of people just couldn't do it. Like, it was harder for them. They would chop their steps. I would just let it go and hope for the best. You know? Yeah, just let that momentum carry yeah. on down. Yeah, but you get carried away coming down Mount Scott, though. You might go off the rail. Yeah, I'm scared of heights, man. When I go to Colorado, I'd be up in the mountains, like even just hiking. I'm like, oh my god, if I fall down this, like I'd hit this because they're so steep. Yeah, I'd be like you would just fall down, hit every tree, it would beat you to death. Um, by the time you hit the bottom, you know? like how bad scared of heights are you though? Because I think everybody's scared a little bit to a certain point. Uh, I used to do carpentry and roof houses. Like I won't even get on the top plate. Oh I, yeah. I'm like, if it, if I feel like I could die, I'm not getting. No, like I don't even like being on the. If I drive up Mount Scott, I have somebody else drive up Mount Scott. Yeah, because I don't even like yeah. being in control, looking yeah. over the edge, getting vertigo or whatever. I just it just really makes my heart rate. I guess you anxiety. Just yeah. I don't I don't like it. So uh, vertigo. Uh, I'm trying to make sure I understand. Uh, vertigo is like when you like looking down, stuff gets kind of wavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the first time I had that, I was on top of a dam, right? And uh, I remember looking over. I remember looking over, and everything just started moving. I was like, "Man, I gotta get away from here." Because at that point, like there was a rail there. You know what I mean? But I was like, "I might fall over this rail." Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm just always like one of those like I like to explore all worst case scenarios, yeah. <laughs> and then base my uh, hypothesis on what I'm going <laughs> to do on that. Yeah, if there is the rocks coming down right now, if there's an avalanche. Which way do I go? Especially since I had my son, like I used to be like, "Oh, look, there's tornadoes. Let's go, <laughs> let's go find it." And me and my buddies would load up in the back of the truck and be uh, looking for tornadoes. And then as soon as I had my son, I remember one was like on the east side a lot. I was like, "We're getting our shit. We're leaving town. We're gonna go eat somewhere. We'll come back after the storm." Yeah. So what is it about having kids, though, man? Because like, like I can remember when I was little. I feel my dad like sometimes. Like, I can remember going through the woods with him, and we do all kinds of crazy shit, right? But, like, I can remember him allowing me because he, he was like, oh, my bounce, it was great. You know, he, I remember walking across trees in his boots and stuff. Like, he'd have me walk across trees in the creek and stuff like that, and just, it was like, he just knew I wasn't going to get hurt, right? I see my stuff doing, my son doing some crazy stuff. I'm like, oh, man, hold on. Hold on, <laughs> hold on dog. <laughs> hold on, man, let's think about this. You know, man, maybe I was just too young, but I don't remember the, the crazy stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe there was a talk, I don't know, but I don't remember <laughs> You know, I'll be nervous as shit when my son be doing stuff. For example, he does a he used to do a power tunneling, right? And so, uh, like, there's a floor event, and there's like a double mini. It scares me. Like, I don't want to see him doing that, but it's it just makes me nervous, right? But the trampoline, bro, the trampoline's the worst because, dude, I swear, it's like I get like 50 feet up in the air, dude, just bouncing and doing these flips, and I'm sitting there. Everything in my mind, like he was talking about, I can tell you how this could go wrong. Yeah, you know I mean, just, sure. I just tired. I just gotta, I above him. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, now that you say that, I guess that's kind of why my mom doesn't come to my fights and stuff like that. No, she doesn't. She's always like, it just gives me anxiety. I'm like, oh, I can't be that. But I now nah, they were talking about coming to the realization. I'm like, yeah, that could be one. Yeah, that gives me anxiety, man. That gives me anxiety. I'd rather see him go out and. It's, I mean, I, I don't have no issue with him wrestling and stuff like that because I know. You know what I mean? I guess it maybe it's just the unknown too. Like, yeah, your mom probably don't know a lot about fighting and stuff. You know, in, in no. that scenarios, and I, I don't know a lot about gymnastics. Like the coaches are all calm; they're supposed to be. You know what I mean? Yeah. But also, no, I can't. When it comes to competition and doing that stuff, I cannot let my nervous energy run up, rub, rub off on him. I got to just step back and just hold it in. You know what I mean? Yeah, I understand. My son just did. We had an in-house BJJ tournament. Just watching him compete coaching from the sideline i was like oh they get caught in something you're like get out get out you're like tripping out and they escape or you're like oh jesus you know maybe he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> so it's just very anxious you never want to see your kids get hurt or fail so. yeah. it's oh. like you feel feelings you know so you don't want to rob zero I mean, you kind of showed the perfect time. Did I? Yeah, we was uh, we was talking about uh, talking about our kids, you know, doing stuff. Uh, Mr. Southern, Mr. Tyson, what's going on, man? Rob Belos. I'm one of the, one of the coaches over there. With oh the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I would see you on the Fort Sill Jiu Jitsu club. So, yeah, so. Uh, Cody Dixon, do you know him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's my brother. Man. Okay, yeah, we uh, we kind of started that together in 2017. Yeah, and then you know. He stayed. I left. You know, the military. You remember Justin Vance? Justin. So yeah, yeah Justin started now. Uh, Command Sergeant Major Justin Vance. Yeah. And he got promoted. Yeah. So Justin, um, did you know? Oh man, you were just talking about him yesterday. Your old first sergeant Gallagher. First uh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Matt Gallagher. Gallagher. Yeah. Yeah. So we were like a just like a, a crew that kind of met up at a gym on post. Laid out the wrestling. Yeah, match. we used to go on there when they had like the cage up at the, yep. the fight house yeah. and stuff. And then we used they, to go they train shut it down all the time. Yeah. So we're trying to build it back up. That's uh, cool. Adam Walton, I train with him. I'm up. I'm up there with him in the mornings with the Marines. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always see y'all. I see y'all's posts all the time. Yeah. 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 So that's that's uh, and then I'm I'm an assistant coach with uh, with Derek and Cody over there at Elgin. Awesome. That's and cool. So yeah, I saw your last fight, man. Holy shit. Thank you. Conditioning. It yeah. seems like yeah. that's the key, right? That's what we were just talking about. Yes, uh, sir. Yeah, run that Cameron Hill two or three times a week, man. I, I, when I was watching it, uh, as I was coming up here, I was trying to think of questions and whatnot to ask, and I was like, "All right, so when is the the Tyson Southern Home Fitness <laughs> regimen coming out?" You know what I mean? Because I mean, and then you know, just kind of talk about that. If you're still recording, hey, no, you over. but uh, you can have that chair. I'm gonna stand. But yeah, no, 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 that's great. So I've been following you. I saw your my first fight watching you live was uh, I don't know if it was a Raging of Cages over here at the Lawton Convention Center. Yeah, um, it's either the they call it Fist of Fury or Super Fight Night. Now, I think it was Super Fight Night where they have like the uh, Tough Man sometimes, or it's in yeah. the ring. Did you do it? Was it a Muay Thai or a kickboxing match that you did that night? Um, um, it, it was probably MMA, but I just made it a kickboxing match. Okay, that's yeah. I prefer, prefer to stay in and fight. Cause I, rem I remember that. I think I might have fought the guy from Thailand. His name was that's what it was. Pot of Palm Jandera. Out of uh, Texas or something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. His dad is like a Muay Thai legend. Yeah. 
he just threw crazy. He was really uh, traditional Muay Thai based, lot, just constant throwing leg kicks the whole fight. Yeah. It was a split decision. I thought I won, but uh, they gave it to him. Uh, but it so is what it is. I, I thought you won. It looked like you were more active, right? Because yeah. he was doing like the, the slower kind of coming out, even like with the, the little, the traditional stuff that he had on. Yeah. Was I was like, okay, this is this is something different. But as far as once the bell, uh, you know, sounded off, and uh, you were the you were the more active and engaging fighter. He just I don't think he ever even threw a punch. No, like the way I, but I go back and watch, I was like, he just threw leg kicks the whole time. But when he showed up to the weigh-ins, his thighs were so freaking big. I was like, oh, this dude's not that big. Then he took his shorts off the weigh-in. I was like, oh my god, his thighs are huge. And <laughs> the whole time he was leg kicking me, I was like, I cannot let this dude kick me in the head. I was like, I cannot let this dude kick me in the head. His, head, his legs are so huge. Yeah, but, you know, hats off to him. He, he did what he needed to do. So. But uh, and another thing that was interesting is outside of your fight and uh, maybe maybe a handful of others because there was quite a few matches that night. There's a little bit of action in the stands and uh, hey, and in the parking is, lot. Man. Yeah, there always is, is a lot. <laughs> always. Uh, I got into a little incident last year with a fighter. We had some beef. Uh, he started a bunch of drama. His girlfriend threw uh, a drink in my coach's face. Uh, then uh, my brother got pepper sprayed along with 20 other people and dropped four security guards at the <laughs> venue. So he's banned right now from there. And, you know, they're just passionate fans, huh? Well, and, and me being a fighter, if I'm not fighting, a lot of my buddies are like, I'm not going with you to the fights because something usually always happens, you know? So, <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just don't put up with no shit. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. These young kids, they run their mouth too much. <laughs> so are you seeing a difference in, uh, I guess, in kind of like, like a generational type of culture. Oh type yeah, of difference. for sure. Yeah, like, yeah. And plus as a coach now, I'm coaching a lot of these young kids and a lot of them are to me kind of mentally weak as opposed to the old generation. But I guess every generation probably says they're not as hard as us or, you know, but yeah. to me, these kids are a lot more softer, more into their feelings. Like when I grew up, if your coach wasn't talking shit to you or being aggressive with you, it means he didn't care about you even enough yeah. to talk to you. You, you can't jump on these kids ass and motivate them but, but by being like bro you gotta be doing you gotta do better than that like you know what i'm saying like oh you do that like a girl you can't say those kind of things to these kids now like i've had kids like literally like break down and cry but like, why are you talking to me this way and i was like bro i'm not saying nothing to you i haven't said to myself 10 times worse right, right. i was like i had goggins mentality where if i'm failing or I, like i'm motivating myself in my head i'll be like quit being a little bitch do what the, the fuck you gotta do you yeah. know what i'm saying these kids a lot of them are motivated by things like that you gotta be like oh we need to work on that let's try this yeah. you know and uh i'm i'm 40 you know what i mean i grew up in that uh yeah, yeah you know that hard tough love era you know where you you wanted to impress your coach you wanted to get their approval and and you if you just give your approval then it's not valuable Anything given away is not valuable. You earn that approval by your, your coach getting on your ass till one day he's like, good job, kid. And that's all you need was that good yeah. job, kid. You don't need them, you know, playing into your ego and telling you how great you are all the time to motivate you. And it was, I'm going to prove myself. And a lot of these kids today, they just, they don't have that type of mentality. Yeah, It seems soft, a lot softer, but I do have some students that they'll come in there and you can tell they have like a hard 
dad or something like that. And they're used to that, that, and you don't even have to give them the business. They are already like, yes, sir. No, sir. Just tell me what I need to do. I don't quit. And so there's a mix, but there's still a few uh, warriors out there. Yeah. But a lot of the kids, they, uh, they cry a lot. (laughs) So, so the, the gym, uh, Ricardo Cavacante, right? Yes, sir. Alpha Uh, MMA. Alpha MMA. And, uh, they got an, and they have the, I, I call it the newer facility because I know they've moved around a few yeah. times. Got what, a very like, huge gym, got a cage, sauna, shower, yeah. changing rooms, lobby, kids play area. It's uh, it's really big. It's a nice facility. I love to call home. Yeah. Everybody's really awesome and cool people. Uh, most of them are a lot nicer than me. I'm kind of, you yeah. know, I'm just the, the gritty fighter there. So, you know, all the coaches are really humble, uh, really family-oriented, church-oriented, stuff like that. So it's a good community environment. So you just go in there to kind of turn the heat up a little bit yes, with sir. some of the training? When I'm, when I'm there, for when I coach, I do coach kids striking. That's that's a easier, nice kids class. Tyson's nice for that class. Yeah, yeah. I'm coaching the kids. We're just learning fundamentals. We don't hit each other. So I'm just teaching them basic fundamentals of striking, leg kicks, proper techniques and, and how to throw punches, keep our guards up, parry punches, because uh, I'm a striker. So that's what I'm, what I'm special at. So that's what I try to pass on down to the kids, footwork drills, things that I like to do, because in my style, I don't take a lot of damage. So I would prefer the kids to do the same. Yeah, that was that was something I noticed in your last fight. Um, I was I was able to catch the clip on YouTube. Uh, what was it? I think it was uploaded yesterday. Yeah. Uh, it was uploaded yesterday. I was able to watch the fight. Some of your setups, there was a, there was a combination that you threw. I believe it was a Superman punch, like into a one-two, and then a leg yeah. came falling after that. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed that was catching or that was landing was that looping right yeah. that you were throwing. So is that something? Uh, is that is that more just like the Tyson Southern style as opposed to because it doesn't? I'm going to say this. So the fundamentals, the way I understand them, is like your one-two setup with your punch. You know your basic yeah. punching combinations. You know your basic kick setups. But what you were doing was something a little bit outside of that. Yeah. Okay. I have a plan. Like, and a lot, a lot of those punches I'm throwing because I had a game plan that he doesn't. He reacts off of what you're doing. If I, if I knew that if I sat back and tried to play a game of pick, picking it apart and choosing my shots that uh, he was going to be able to throw more. And I watched his fight. So I was like, if you just throw and keep his mind busy, not give him a chance, then he doesn't throw. He shows up. And that's what he did the whole second round. He didn't throw anything because I was just throwing my hands out there, distracting him, getting those kicks in and using my footwork, changing up everything. As an advanced striker, I'm looking for patterns. You know, that first round, I'm looking for patterns. What does he like to do? What do you like to give me? What is he responding off of? You know what I mean? So then that second round, you can really go in there and try to implement your game plan. So I was like, okay, uh, I got to be a little bit more cautious, keep my chin down, not walk into that jab like I did in the first round and just uh, use my movement. I like to switch stances a lot because that that, that disrupts their game plan. Right. All right, now, because once you switch stances, now different shots are available, different leg kicks are available, different punches. So the constant movement and footwork and giving them something different to look at and I'm really long. I mean, have a. Uh, I like to misdirect my speed, just like a baseball player. You don't throw a fastball 
every pitch. Okay. Sometimes you throw a changeup. Sometimes you throw a curveball. You throw. So if I throw fast punches every time, you're going to easily get my timing down. You're easily going to uh, get my patterns down. So I'll throw those light strikes out, then throw some big ones in, then okay. I'll throw some wide ones, yeah. then I'll throw some short ones. Just try to change up the pattern so you can't never get my get my pattern down so you can predict what I'm going to do to set up what he wants to do. So I had a, I had a game plan, and my coach asked me right before, he's like, what, what are we doing tonight? And I was like, I want a head kick, and I want to finish him on the wall. Either by, I said, by TKO, either I'm going to single leg high crotch you down and yeah. TKO him. I was like, well, I'm going to finish him on the wall. And I did exactly what I That's set right. out to do. So yeah, yeah. It was feels a, good to go in there and execute the way you want. It was a, I guess it ended with a lot of knee strikes towards the end. We had him pinned up on the wall. Right? Yeah. <clears throat> and kind of kind of going back to what we were talking about the fans, right? I heard a lot of, uh, I heard a lot of coaching from the stands on, yeah. on what the game plan should be. Yeah, it just... Seems a little entertaining. I got the video up if y'all want to watch it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 If uh, y'all want me to pause or something, I don't know. If, uh, I don't know if we can. Uh, can we have the volume when we do this? I don't know. If um, I think so because I don't think that as long as there's no music. Okay. Uh, Five eighty dirty red. The in the fight. <laughs> <laughs> I like to uh, faint with those hips. I like to throw that little dip because people will look at that. And as right. soon as they do, you can pop them sometimes. Like They're just faints. I wanna, I'm trying to get reactions, see what he's going to do. So for fainting, you're throwing up that right hand. Throw up the right hand in the air high to set up a kick. That's what it looks like. Yeah, because if I go up high, he's going to look up high. And I can yeah. lay in low. Right. Yeah, like right there, that flurry coming in. It's real quick. See, and nice feints. I yep. switch to southpaw. I'm threatening with that elbow, and then I'm sneaking kicks in. See, it's really awkward. A lot of people don't see that, so they don't know. That's exactly what the commentator was saying. He's like, that's awkward right. entry. I'm just disrupting all the patterns. I'm not letting him trying to find out anything. See, just throwing feints. Like, I'm not – those aren't intended to hit. I'm just seeing what he's – Yeah, doing. and you're picking up on that so you can get your, get your setup going, huh? Or set up to your entry. Constant movement. Constant feints. That's what my coach wanted me to do is throw a lot of uh, teeps up the middle. That one right there, that yeah. combination. Yep. With a right left into a, a leg kick. Lots of movement side to side, in and out. Definitely the taller fighter in this fight, or at least uh, more range. Yeah, I'm, I think I'm longer. He's actually an inch taller than me. Yeah. But I know how to use my range by coming in and out. Yeah, see, I just kind of walked into that being too aggressive, took a couple shots. Here. Yeah. But, but once you. In nice and tight. This this little pitter patter on the So that's what I was going to ask you when I was watching that. I noticed you went you went to the ground. You, you got on top. And it looked like you were shooting up in half guard to try to get an underhook yeah. and work your escape. But uh, I don't know if this if this guy here has a wrestling background. It looks like he's got the pressure pretty good. Yeah. But yeah. But even on the bottom, you're still moving around. Hips are hips are active. Are you looking for the knee chill at this point? I was just trying to get, yeah, I was trying to get my foot, my left foot on his hip to create space. Now I'm just trying to keep his posture booked to, to keep him from posturing up to throw shots. Yep. It's a, 
That's jujitsu one on one, right? Getting overhook, so you can't do that. I like to keep that in that crease, no matter where they go. It always catches. I'm throwing little pitter patter shots, trying to disrupt him and see if he's going to posture up so I can get that knee shield. Yeah. I keep trying to get climbing to that wall, but he keeps he'll start pulling my elbow back down right okay, here. Okay, yeah. And I'm right there in my corner, so my coach is like, "Yo, we just gotta get here." Oh, that's, that's good. So I'm like, I, I'm like, all right. And I know we're probably halfway, three quarters of the way through the first. So I was like, worst case, I'm gonna try to get up. If I can't, I'll just hold him here, minimize damage, and we'll start back fresh on the second. But I wind up getting back up eventually. And when you get up, you you can you can tell like he, he's pretty tired at that point. Yeah, thank you. I think he thought he was on the And what's sad is, honestly, he shouldn't be the one tired. He's the one on top. Yeah. He should have been picking his shots more correctly, using the fence to his advantage, just laying on me, making me work, making me work. But I worked the whole time from the bottom and was not tired. I just am able to maintain so much calmness because this is one of the main positions that we constantly work. We did this all day yesterday, as a matter of fact. For those listening, we're looking at the, the fight um, – 580 Dirty Red put it on YouTube. We were about the minute 30 mark. We started commentating on the groundwork and showing how he's defending. All right, now you got a, you had some head control. Still damage. <laughs> some damage from the bottom there. So it doesn't look like you're in really any big no. danger. Maybe a couple shots here and there. Yeah, it looks like you're up. glancing. Get right back up. So he's gonna have more of a wrestling background, you think? Yeah, he he's not a striker by any means. Yeah, he just uh, he, what he's known for is to me is a guillotine. He knows, okay. but to me that like he hasn't he hadn't fought in like three years. Okay, and was I'm not sure how uh, he was training. He just won a couple of jujitsu tournaments Got it. under yeah. blue belt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but right. I stay training. I've evolved yeah. with the sport over the years. It looks like you, you just wrestled up out of the position. Yeah, and I just standing. poured it on and right here. It was one, two into a knee uh, knee strike. One, two to a kick. Yep. Boom, boom, boom. I missed another combo. Oh, nice. He hit me in the balls right there at the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can tell as he's walking away, he looks a, looks a little gassed. Yeah, and I didn't even sit down in between rounds. Yeah. My coach knows I'm in such good shape. He's like, we're not sitting down this fight. He's like, we're going to do it just like at the gym. Just stay out the whole time. Keep my legs nice and fresh. Yeah, he's so those who want to watch the fight, it's Raising the Cage 93. Tyson, Switcher Sweet Southern versus King Coulter, a pro lightweight. MMA 52723. So yeah, if you type in uh, Tyson Southern MMA on YouTube, my channel will pop up. I am five five eight zero dirty. Oh, there we go. Yeah. So uh, I've got all my fights on here. So good. No, that, that that's awesome. Yeah, just subscribe. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, have the analytics, so I know like when these guys are watching me. So <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, I'm like, I see the spikes, and I'm like, oh, they're studying. So. <laughs> You see the spice and you see the location, right? Yes, <laughs> I'm a big mental game planner. Like for my guys, I go through their Facebooks, through their opponents. Yeah. I find all of their videos, everything. I love to do the research, the strategy. All right, so we're going into the second round. There's a front kick from Tyson. All right, nice leg kick right there. Lots of faint with the hands. Yeah. Boom, see? Pop, pop, just to get to that kick. 
Oh, that was nice. That front head kick. Yeah, Thomas telling me, throw him up the middle. Yeah. Another leg kick. Head kick. Head kick, leg kick. Another leg kick. Yeah. We wanted some strikes to enter my end. See, I'm just yeah, so those are, inching those, my way yeah. in to, to find that kick range because my kick range is further than my hand. So if I know I can get close to that and to that punch range, another head kick. Just switching it up. Those head kicks are That's a nice little jab from uh, Colton. Another kick. Punch, punch. Thanks. Let's look at See, he just shows up. See, the more I just even right. just do this, he just shows up. He disrupts his mind so much that he doesn't know what to do. Reading that pattern that we're talking about. Another hit. Yep. Was a jab to the head kick. Left hook, head kick. Thanks. Number two. Yeah, a lot of people just don't throw things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just like you said, you have a a, a striker's background, right? Yes. So just, started training at Grady Brewers, bad boys boxing back in the day. Well, that's over in uh, over in Lawton, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, Tannick was talking about him when I had him on the podcast. Yeah, he's a good guy. That, big, guys that looping big, right, yep. Big strike right there, big kick right there. I know he's walking funny still, probably. Yeah. You had what at least four leg kicks in that round on that. Uh, you were throwing the right side, so it'd be to his left leg. Yeah, and I hit the other side, probably just as many. Yeah. Because now, I mean, kind of flat footed. More faint. Here we go. Bang. Yeah, big right head kick. Right under One, the two, three, four, body. five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, yeah. 15 unanswered strikes. 15 unanswered strikes. He tried to, you know, here he was being cool, but yeah, later on he was throwing all over Facebook. Yeah. And I was like, bro, I was like, it's whatever. I was like, I said we could run it back, but I'm getting a title next. So you have to wait until I get my title. So. Like, that's how active I am. Like, the next day, I'm already planning my next move. Right. I've already got fights booked in uh, Chickasha, November, back in Lawton in February, and I'm probably going to take some in between there. Like, okay. I'm hungry as you can get. Like, so. And then, are they. A mix between MMA, boxing, kickboxing. Are you doing just? Are you just strictly MMA right now? They're all MMA scheduled so far. The ones in Chickasha and Lawton, I have the. I could pick either one. I'll probably do MMA just because trying to build my record up so mm -hmm. I can get try to get a bigger money fight. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I am interested. I will be a professional boxer and a professional uh, kickboxer as well. Oh yeah. So, uh, but MMA is my main focus right now. Got it. Uh, getting this belt and uh, got a few more side goals I want to hit and uh, uh, just keep on with it, man. Like, I wonder if I, if I can, I'd like to fight five more years, is, is my plan. I see if I can stay healthy and uh, you know, not age too much, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's the key. But I'm still fast, yeah. I'm still like, I just had my 40th birthday, and a lot of my students didn't even know I was 40, and they were like. Coach, you're such an inspiration. I didn't know old guys could move like that. I was like, what the fuck, man? That's, <laughs> that's messed up, man, but whatever. Uh, 
uh, as a kid getting their shots in. Uh. Yeah, but it's nice to to you know know that I still got it, and like I feel like I'm not slowing down at all. I feel fresh as ever. Uh, uh, the Ken, I think, was 34. Uh, the kid I just fought before him was 26, okay. and was really decorated striker, very right. decorated striker. Uh, most of the people I fight are in their 20s, and I've been handling. Uh, been handling them so I'm gonna continue right. on to handle them until i can't no more i mean that's really just what a fighter does yeah. you know you just keep going until they start beating the shit out of you and then i guess it's your time to go but until then uh, i'm gonna keep trucking you know it's what i love to do so how long have you been in the fight game i uh, did a tough man was my first deal 2010 i think okay and then two thousand three months later after that i did my first mma fight got it with very minimal training. So was the tough man leading into training boxing with uh, Brady? I Burger? just uh, was on my. I was getting in a lot of trouble. Was facing some prison time. Uh, met a fighter, and he was like, "Quit running your mouth. You don't want to go to prison looking like a tall, tiny tweaker." You know, so <laughs> okay. he's like, uh, "You need to get in shape." Yeah. And so I started going to the gym. Wind up getting my life together because of that, and. Uh, uh, started training and uh got wind up only getting uh, six months of jail time uh because of how much i changed my life around and uh then i just started training after that and got in super super great shape and then uh and this was just off for three months i was 187 pounds okay. got down to 156 pounds wow. i just wanted to see if i could perform under the lights and so what better way than do the tough man contest my brother did a couple of them uh, so I was like, let's go see I, what I can do. And I went out there and I was like, I can do what I trained to do out here. I wound up losing a split decision to the, the guy that won it. And I was like, I could do this. And then, so I was like, oh, let's try the MMA. Three months later, I went in there and won a unanimous decision. Busted, uh, a cat up pretty good. He wound up beating me later. And then we had a trilogy. Okay. And I wound up winning the trilogy. So that was a cool moment. But and I've had a lot of ups and downs. I hurt, broke my hand five times multiple surgeries, multiple, I've had four hernias from, you know, just stress, you know, straining so much from training, doing right. weight training and uh, multiple staples, stitches in my head, shin damage, broken feet, broken toes, but I just can't stay away. It's like, it's my lifestyle. Everything I do revolves around it. My son goes with me to the gym every day. Okay. He's a, he does, a, he's a gray and white belt, two strides. Nice, so, nice. Or no, he's three strides. But, uh, yeah, this is our life. We love it. And it's going to be devastating when it's over, but that's why I'm coaching now. So I'll always be in it forever. So I love it. What do you do? Because you talked about the the rigors of training, how hard it is, right? Yeah. Um, some of the injuries. What do you do for recovery? Like, what's your diet like? What do you, whenever are you doing like stretching, yoga, that type of stuff? You know, I've recently just started stretching. My coach has got me stretching because I never was doing it. Now, like, he just sees like if I'm tight or if I'm moving a certain way, he knows like, oh, you your back needs to be adjusted or you need to stretch your hips more. Or he'll give me certain exercises I need. Uh, as far as recovery, I do cryo occasionally. Uh, but for the most part, I just, uh, and as for diet, I mostly eat meat a lot. I do a lot of intermittent fasting. Sometimes I only eat one meal a day or sometimes two. 
And if I do eat two, the the middle one, which would be my lunch, it's usually maybe around one or two. I usually try to eat some lean meat or something like that. Uh, it just depends on where my weight at and where I'm at in a fight camp because I'm already back in fight camp. Right. Uh, I made weight at 154.8. I'm walking around right now about 158. My next fight's at 145. I have to make title weight at 145. So I'm trying to just stay consistent where I'm at right now. Okay. And then it'll probably be about three weeks to maybe four weeks before I'll start really dieting down to get as trim as I can get so that the last day I can cut all my water out. I'll water load that last week and then try to cut it out. But yeah, uh, uh, training-wise, as, as far as recovery, if, if I'm beat up really badly, I'm taking a light day, maybe the next day or something like that. But um it's really hard for me mentally to take days off. It just, I'm one of those guys that I, I know what, I know the recipe for success and it's hard work okay. every day. Yeah. That's my recipe for success. So like if I miss a day, I'm hard on myself. I'm like, bro, you did work out yesterday. You're losing. You're going to be slower tomorrow. And like some days you need that day off, but in my head, I'm always like, you know, train every day, go hard, do this, you know, all those stupid cliches you always hear, be the hardest worker in the gym, right. be the first one there, be the last one to leave, all that shit. Like I show up 30 minutes before practice and I, I'll i be one of the main guys mopping at the end of the night, you know, still staying humble. Well, then I'll be at the gym later, hit two more sets. Right. And before I go to bed, hit two more sets. Or I'll just break it out throughout the day. Or sometimes I'll do it, you know, in a row like a workout. But sometimes like I'm so busy, but I know I have to get that workout in. So me and my buddies, you know, you know, if you got a bunch of dudes that are like-minded, which I usually am with people that I hang out with, they do the same thing and it builds them up too. Cause they're like, well, hell, he's doing pushups. I might right, as well knock right. him out too. You right. know? So if you see uh, me and my guys like on the side of the road after mowing some grass, we're out there slamming out pushups or just getting that. You got to get that. You got to get your, all your workout in. You got to get the strength and conditioning, the cardio and the fight training. Because I'm always staying in fight camp, I never have to train to lose weight. Training to lose weight takes away from training to lose uh, or training to gain skill, technical skill, because you're tired, you're in the deficit. And when you're in the deficit of to lose weight, your mind and your brain is, is clouded because you're, out, you're hungry, you're miserable, you're in the deficit training. And it's hard to focus because you're starving. You know what I mean? You're not getting the, those calories that to to burn off so i always it's one of the things i always learned just always stay in shape i don't take time off because i don't want to get fat i don't want to get out of shape i don't want to lose anything i don't to me like if you take six months off then, then like the game has evolved without you for six months like this kid he hasn't fought he didn't fight in three years like that's why he was seemed like levels behind and everything because he still fight. He's still the same fighter he was three years ago. You know what I mean? That's why I tell all my guys, like, they come in and they'll be like, "Oh man, you beat the shit out of me." I was like, "Bro, you ain't trained in a year." I'm like, "You're the same fighter you were a year ago." I'm I'm way more. I'm not doing even the same shit I was a year ago. And I was like, "And that's the difference, you know?" Because I got guys that are super talented, and then they take two years off, and they like, "I'm getting back into it." And they're like, "Damn, you got so good." And I'm like, "Well, it's because I've been training the whole time." I mean, building my skill and learning new things not having to waste my time on making weight cutting all these pounds because i haven't been training and exercising properly as far as cardio 
Uh, I do uh, pyramids, heavy pyramids, kicks, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, ten in a row, all the way to back down for uh, just to blow my lungs out and those hills at Cameron, that those will blow your lungs out more than like my lungs hurt after that because you can't stop. There's no break. It's 30 sprints. I do five directly up, a, up it. Then I do two backwards, which blows your hamstrings out. Yeah. If you're not used to that, I tell everybody back down the hill backwards because it, it, it gives you deer legs. If you're not used to that workout, you will fall down that hill and yeah. it's a beating. Deer legs, I like it. So you do two backwards, then one up, like you sidestep it up this way, yeah. all the way, then, then the other leg, and then one more backwards, then five more sprints up, repeat it three times. The hills at Cameron, you talk about on the backside of the football field? Yeah, that, yeah. that steep ass, yeah, grassy okay. hill. Yeah. yeah, okay. Everybody sleds down there. All right. So uh, we're out there all the time, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that blows your legs and your lungs out, which is key to, to fighting. You've got to have your legs and you've got to have your lungs. Like my lungs are burning. If you push hard enough, your lungs will be burning on fire. Actually, you probably should have gave the location. That would be like 200 people out there trying to, <laughs> trying to get and the Tyson Southern They work. might show up one time, but I promise you they won't show up again. Yeah, That's usually the, the pattern that I see. A lot of guys are like, I want to go with you. I'm like, all right, we'll see how consistent you stay with Yeah, they're rough at first, but it's just like anything. Once you get familiar with the pain. Right. That's what I tell everybody, like getting punched in the face is not an easy thing to become familiar with. What's your first reaction? It's anger. Everybody wants revenge. Uh, you got to get punched so many times in the face that you're so familiar with it that it's nothing to you no more. Same thing with cardio. Like we all get tired at the same time, but who's more familiar with being able to deal with it? Like you've been tired so many times. You're like, okay, I've been here so many times. I know what I'm capable of. I can still continue to go forward. Right. You know, it's, I think a lot of it is more mental toughness, like just being familiar with being in those tough situations over and over and over is what makes you better. As far as uh, your next fight coming up, I mean, do you already got a plan scheduled for that before your title fight? You got a plan set out or? Uh, as far as training wise, yeah. uh, I know that he's probably going to be looking for that calf kick again. So I'm be definitely training my checks. And I know that he's fat right now. So he's trained to lose weight. He wasn't, he doesn't, he wasn't staying ready like I do. So my pace I predict is going to be very high looking to swarm him and put him away quick, get my belt and get back to the house as fast as I can. Back to training? Yeah, because I I feel 100% that I can beat him. I feel like he got lucky. If I hadn't broke my hand, I could have been way more active and put him away faster. I was already picking him apart with the broke hand. Uh, That's why I asked for this fight. And uh, I feel very confident that I'm going to finish this pretty quickly and uh, bring that belt home back to Lawton. Yeah. Lawton hasn't had a champion in a while. I'm ready to put us back on the map. Who was the last one? Right, Tattenapper or something like yeah. that. As far as MMA, I'm not sure. Maybe, I think, if, ah, man, I can't remember his name. McKenzie from back in the day, or I can't remember his name. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. Right. Or my buddy Rodney McSwain. I know everybody knows Rodney McSwain. He used to be the wrestling coach, at, or his dad was the wrestling coach at MacArthur. Right. So, yeah, shout out to Rodney for sure. He's uh, the homie just stopped by to see me congratulating the other day. Nice. Nice. He wrestled, I think, at OSU under King Monday and stuff, fought in pride over there in Japan. Cool. He was like a little local legend. Yeah. Been trying to fill his shoes here as okay. the, the new local legend for a while. Well, you look the only way, man. I'm trying my best, man. <laughs> what, do you, what do you see about, um, 
I guess, up and coming talent in Southwest Oklahoma, Lawton, and maybe some of the surrounding areas? Uh, Planet Altus has a lot of, a couple of guys that are, are coming up. Uh, of course, uh, us at Altus, I got a couple of teammates. Uh, Connor uh, Giovasis, uh, he started under me. He's 2 and 0 right now, okay. two first round finishes. Uh, he's taking a month off to go to Florida with his family, and he'll probably fight again at the end of the year, or maybe twice at the end of the year. Uh, good, solid wrestling background. Uh, you know, wrestling is probably one of the best, better bases for the sport, uh, just because of the grit it takes in the wrestling practices. Like we have kids that do wrestling practice, and then they'll come do jujitsu practice, and they're like, "Man, wrestling practice is like ninety percent work, ten percent technique," and then they'll come over and like. Jiu-Jitsu is 90% learning the technique, 10% hard work. So I think that grit from the wrestling room, that just being just the dogs that they are, just really helps transfer over into the MMA field. And then once they learn to quit posting and then they start submitting you with their positional control, it's uh, we got two young kids right now, oh, Dre and Aiden from Cash. I believe they wrestled out there. And they just have unbelievable control. The striking's coming along. Uh, Torrance Daniel from Chickasha, he's got a belt already. He's 4-0. He was supposed to fight on the card with me, but his opponent backed out like the day before. Oh, wow. uh, my buddy Keegan, Chris Vereen, all them guys, uh, they're kind of south of the border, uh, but they're all young and up-and-coming guys, man. Keegan's a really uh, good wrestler. Uh so I'm excited to watch all of them. We had a really stacked card. Baylor Thompson is a, a young up-and-comer to watch. Uh, he's a knockout artist as well. So they're all fun. There's a, there's a lot of kids. We've got a, you know, I grew up here and there was never a really good solid MMA program. I've been through camps where I had only one or two training partners. Okay. And now that I'm established as a fighter and my coach is, you know, a world-renowned fighter, uh, we've built a nice, solid program with consistent guys that are hardworking. I feel like we have like a, one of the first legit fight teams in Lawton now. So uh, I'm really excited for the future in the main here. In Southwest it's, Oklahoma, yeah, Lawton. It's, it's growing. It's it's getting big. Uh, we have a cage at the gym, so we're always in the cage Monday, Wednesday, Thursday at six. Uh, Coach Tom. Uh, uh, coaches Monday, Thursday. My day's Wednesday, and it's a it's a rough day. Yeah. There's no we don't take breaks. You might get a 10 second water break, yeah. and you're either the man in that's getting a fresh body every time, or you're in the rotation. So, uh, they're hard work classes, and I appreciate it when all the guys show up because they know it's going to be hard work. So show up hydrated. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for sure. I, I did have a question for you. So. For for the guys guys that you were talking about, up and coming MMA fighters, right? What are the promotions people need? The fight promoters or fight promotions people need to be looking out for so they can see that type of talent. Yeah, Rage in the Cage OKC is who I usually mainly fight for. They're probably the, one of the most consistent regional uh, MMA scene in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. Constantly having fights, uh, pretty good production. Uh, the Community of the Rage in the Cage community is really tight knit, really close. I enjoy fighting for them. I get offers all the time, but they take care of me, so I usually come right back to them. Uh, that's why I'm getting their belt shot because I've fought for them seven, eight times. Every one of my pro fights, except for one, has been under their banner. Okay. 
I've had multiple other offers and took other fights, uh, but sometimes things don't work out. You get hurt or uh, I've got staph and like last November in my thigh and then I got on the antibiotics and they almost killed me. I wound up being allergic to them. And then I woke up on the third day and my like, arm was paralyzed. My throat was closing up and I was like, yeah, I need to go back to the doctor. <laughs> so figured out, I found out I was allergic to that. <laughs> He's like, it's killing the staff. He's like, it's killing you. <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Good Thanks. news. The staff's dying. But so are you. <laughs> We're going to take care of it. <laughs> staff's no joke, man. Oh, yeah. Staff's no joke, especially if you go and treat him. I was talking to my wife about this the other day because uh, we haven't known somebody that they just got it. My daughter got it when she was little. My son, he's had it before as well. Just uh, uh, He got it at a – where do you got it? He, I got it at Steel Wars where he got it. But he got it on his head, right? Yeah. But we was talking about that. And it's like, man, what did, what did people do back in the day? Like before antibiotics? Like – they died. They just died. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. That's wild. Like, cause you know, it, it's it's really hard to uh, get away from like staff and ringworms and stuff like that. Uh, I got bit by you- a fiddleback on my thigh, and like, so I was like, oh shit! And well, I did an old remedy before you take some tobacco, you know, get it wet, and you put it on there, put a bandaid, and sucks the poison out. Well, that didn't work. Is that is is that true though? Or is that like one of the most wives? The though, first right? time I did it, it did work. I had it on the back of my leg, but I was like eighteen or nineteen, or I don't. I, it didn't do. It did heal it up, but this time it was on my thigh. Drew a little circle around it, and they got way bigger than that. Started getting a black yeah. hole in the middle after like two or three days. And my girlfriend at the time was like, "You need to go get that checked." And I was like, "Nah, I'll be all right." Waited another day, and then I just taking a shower and just the water running down my leg was like, "Oh my god!" I was like, "This is excruciating." Went to the hospital and they're like, "Oh yeah, this is this is bad, bro. This doesn't turn into staff." And they're like, "Why did you put tobacco on? What the fuck is wrong with you?" I was, yeah. like, <laughs> so, I was like, "I don't know, man. Some cowboy did it to, to a long time ago and it worked." I don't know. Yeah. So you got bit by a food, right? Yeah. You survived that. So they're yeah, like, yeah. "Fuck your staff." <laughs> I, got, I gotta ask, what is a fiddleback? Uh, it's just a pi- spider. Okay. Yeah, they call it uh, brown recluse. Yeah, the brown recluse. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. what that is. All right. Yeah, they're around. People see them all the time. They don't know that they will mess you up. Though. Yeah. Yeah, those those old wives tales, like how many times did somebody die before they got it right? <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it was just like a 70% solution, right? It's like, ah, well. <laughs> well, I've heard of that with bee stings. Like people get bee stings, they put tobacco on it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that, but I've never heard that with a spider bite. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to recommend it. <laughs> Disclaimer, don't do that. Go to the hospital. Right. Hey, y'all remember that uh, that show, uh, I think they used to have it on Spike back in the day. It was like a thousand ways to die or whatever. Yeah. yeah. There was the one episode that dude had a black widow and like it had bit him before and he survived it so he didn't go to the hospital so he got bit by the black widow he ended up dying and like his his other reptiles and stuff in the house ended up eating him jesus y'all see that no no so it's a good watch <laughs> that's crazy a thousand ways to die yeah my dad got bit by a black widow he had to go get the antivenom and all that stuff he was killed and a rattlesnake too got bit by one of them. Got bit a rattlesnake yeah dang so uh, my buddy, he works in a well. The you met him last time, I believe. The guy that was staying, staying with us, Chris. I think he showed up there at the end. But he uh, he works on the, in the oil field right now. And one of his buddies that works with him got bit by a rattlesnake, right? And he he said like 162 vials of antivenom is what it took to save him. Yeah, he got hooked up, dog. <laughs> Shit, man, we've been going for about an hour and twenty minutes, man. You got anything else? Uh, no, I. You answered a lot of those questions. One of the things that I'm seeing, this is the second interview that I've been able to help with uh, with with Derek. 
Um, the first one we did was with, or the first one that I did was with Tom Schof. Yeah, so you're your coach, coach yeah. right? And uh, one of the things I forgot to get a picture with Tom Schof, so I'd like to get a picture with you if you yes, don't sir. mind after that. Uh, and maybe in the future I can get a picture with Tom. But uh, anyways, that's me fanboying out right now. What I'm seeing is combat sports or martial arts is is needed uh, for just just across the board, right? But uh, your story about you were kind of in some, you know, in a, in a bad yeah. spot or something like that. Got a little tough love, yeah. and then got involved, and then your 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 story changed from there, from the trajectory that you were on, right? Yeah, sky's the limit, man. Put some faith in yourself. Put some hard work in in, in there, and you can do whatever you want to. Right. Firm believer in that. But show up and do the work, right? Yeah, we have a banner that hangs up in our gym, and it says. Uh, work hard nobody cares you know nobody cares work harder you know what i mean yeah and i'm like i just was sometimes just sitting there and stare at it because it's true i mean like just get to work man it's all it takes don't worry about if anybody cares don't worry about anything even if nobody cares you it's about you anyway so just grind hard man make it happen have faith in yourself that's awesome that's a good message yeah, that was, that was all. I just wanted to ask about that as far as the martial arts, combat, sports background. Oh, yeah. That's all I got, buddy. Cool. Thank you. You got anything else you want to talk about, promote, or um, any uh, sponsors? Yeah, definitely thank my sponsors. Uh, if anybody's into, like, uh, duck hunting, geese, uh, booking a uh, hunt, uh, goose reapers, I work for them in, during the season. I'm the the bird cleaner, so I'm yeah. out there covered in blood. So, uh, shout out to them, Civil Savage Craft Cannabis. They're one of my main sponsors. If you need any cannabis for your dispensary, hit up Jeff Crabtree, Civil Savage, Law and Bail Bonds. If you get in trouble, you know who to call. Uh, if you're one of the fights in the background, yeah, uh, clean clean cuts, lawn lawn care. I work with them on the weekends and stuff. They're my brothers. They always help me out. Uh, so if you need any work done, you know, holler at uh, Jesse Roman, Clean Cuts. Uh, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, Alpha MMA, my gym. I couldn't do it without them and my teammates. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Well, uh, what are your? Where can people find you on social media? Uh, Tyson Southern on Facebook. Tyson Swisher Sweet Southern on Instagram. And I think it's Tyson Southern on Facebook.